Chapter 98 Al The Clear Evidence Those who denied the faith from the people of the book or the idolaters would not stop calling it a lie until clear evidence, Bayina, came to them. The title Bayina describes this chapter's principal message and content, clear proof, indisputable evidence, and something that is placed in front of the eye to be seen. By itself, Bayina is a measure and a criterion for discernment, just like a compass used by a captain to steer the ship on its course. The Torah, the New Testament, and the Quran are all Bayinas, books sent by God as a guiding compass. Some Jews and Christians, the people of the book, and the polytheists, Mushrik, insist on pursuing their false beliefs and attachments because they are so accustomed and addicted to their thoughts that the latter have become fused with their souls and rusted their hearts. And they will hold on to them until the Bayina guides them to the truth with such clarity and precision that there remains no room for any ambiguity or denial. What could this clear evidence be, and who should be tasked with bringing it? A philosopher, intellectuals, or talented people, who can do this? A messenger from God, reciting pages that are pure. A messenger from God is the one who receives divine guidance, not a person who proposes solutions based on his research and study of society's ills and afflictions. In the case of the latter, he would be influenced by the customs and conventions of the time and place where he grew up. As a result, he would naturally hold some of his society's prejudices, like ethnocentrism. To avoid this, the messenger has to be specially commissioned by God, for only such a person can be free of his own biases and his society's mores and customs. In short, each messenger is a unique type of bayina. Pages, suhuf, is the plural of sahifa. The latter refers to a page, a book, a letter, or, in general, anything that contains certain issues or truths. As writing on paper was unknown in Arabia during the Prophet's time, pages does not refer to a specific page or pages, tablet or tablets, or animal skin or skins. Rather, it means the messenger will present certain truths by engaging their imagination to conceive of a different culture and environment by acquainting their minds and souls with pages that contain truths, containing true scriptures that enable one to rise up and become sublime. One should realize that kutub, scriptures, refers to more than just handwritten manuscripts. In general, it refers to any subject that is recorded and becomes law. For example, chapter 2, verse 183, employs it when announcing that fasting is prescribed and made incumbent or written, kutiba, upon them. Thus, written means prescribed. Accordingly, laws that govern the world's affairs and some others, as in the case of religious laws, sharia, are written. In contrast, those that govern nature are unwritten although they also faithfully follow and are subservient to the book of nature that govern galaxies and other phenomena. 
these pure scriptures are divine laws that share a common attribute. They are all qayyima, enabling one to rise up or fix. Thus a person or society that applies them will rise up from its state of lethargy, powerlessness, backwardness and conservatism. God's messengers come with the scriptures to enable societies to rise up and become sublime and illustrious. The role of these messengers is to free people from polytheism, shirk, blasphemy, rebellion, enmity, spiritual ignorance, regression, greed, envy, and other vices. Those who were given the scripture did not become divided among themselves until after the clear evidence came to them. Quran chapter 2 verse 213 explains that the people of the book failed to advance and grow in spiritual perfection because they began to dispute among themselves after the clear proofs. Bayina had come to them due to transgression, greed, and acting unjustly and insolently. They were not ignorant of right and wrong, or confused, due to some degree of ambiguity in their scriptures, but because they hankered for leadership, power, and prestigious positions rooted in their excessive greed and ambition. This overwhelming desire was, and remains, the culprit. In many places, Quran reminds Muslims not to become polytheists by dividing their religions into groups and sects, and then following one group or train of thought to the exclusion of all others. Chapter 3, verse 103, commands us to hold on tightly only to the rope of God and not be divided. This can also be understood as do not personalize issues or reframe them in ethnic, tribal, and national language, for there is one goal and one rope that everyone should seize. The Quran frequently highlights the importance of unity and the pitfalls of sectarianism. Yet all they were commanded to do was to worship God, being sincere to Him in religion, inclining to truth, and to establish prayer and give alms, zakat, that is the true religion. Sincerity and purity in religion means for everyone to have one goal, one purpose, to seek closeness to God, qurbatan ilallah, to stand for justice and truth and not be swayed by narcissism or tribalism. The Quran encourages us on multiple occasions to strive to be role models, to follow the truth and have it as our main axis, even if it happens to go against us, our parents or relatives. It calls us to stand for justice in all cases, for we are to serve as witnesses for God. This verse mentions Hunafa, the plural of Hanif, to denote one who inclines toward the truth at all times and shuns falsehood, remains steadfast on the path of continuous incremental growth and purification while pursuing God and formulating a godly worldview and remains in a state of God-awareness at all times. This word is repeated about a dozen times in the Quran, and almost always in reference to Abraham, whom, as chapter 3 verse 67 states, had surrendered himself to God wholeheartedly for his sake and pleasure, without any selfish motives or egoism, and at the same time keeping aloof 
from associating partners with God. Embarking upon a religious project does not insulate us from polytheism. As a matter of fact, it is believers, as opposed to unbelievers, who suffer from this vice, for it is the plague of faith. The Prophet said that polytheism creeps into a believer's consciousness as subtly as an ant walks onto a black rock in pitch darkness. This is how insidious it is. When one performs a benevolent deed, he must ensure that he does so solely for God's sake to avoid contaminating the purity of his intention. Polytheism is the main obstacle in a believer's path. Establish prayer and give zakat, as the latter will be a source of purification from greed and materialism. This would constitute the religion of Qayyima, namely, the right approach that is firm and unwavering, that leads one to the heights of excellence. The logic of a believer should be, I will do this act because it is just and in accordance with the divine will, not because it is beneficial to me, my supporters or ethnic group. Indeed, those who deny the faith from among the people of the book or the idolaters, they will be in hellfire where they will remain forever. They are the worst of creation. The Quran says that some of the Jews, Christians and polytheists who conceal the truth are the worst of creation, sharrul barriya, as opposed to khayrul barriya, the best of creation, in the next verse. They ignore and hide the truth and thus will spend eternity in the fire of hell. God fashioned human beings in the best form without any deficiencies. He gave them religion, prophets, and a complete book. So why do we find ourselves in such a dismal situation and at such a low level? The Quran often proclaims that God has given humanity the blessings of eyes and ears, wisdom and intellect, but that some will not reap the associated benefits. People who do not utilize these blessings and possibilities have gone even further astray. In other words, those who do not utilize their God-given blessings will fail and become the worst of creation. Indeed, as for those who have faith and do good works, they are the best of creation. Faith is more than a mere verbal pronouncement, for one does not become a true adherent of any religion by being born into a religious family. The truly faithful are those who consciously enter the realm of faith and security via their own righteous and virtuous deeds. Two of God's names, the grantor of security, chapter 59, verse 23, and the giver of peace, chapter 59, verse 23, reveal that people only achieve this distinction by nurturing themselves on the divine rays of faith in order to become exemplars of peace and security. Such people neither instill fear in nor make problems for others. Indeed, they are God's best creations. Notice that the Quran refers to people in the previous verse as the worst in contrast to people mentioned in this verse. It appears the latter people attain a station even loftier than that of the angels. Therefore, humanity is at both of the scale's polar ends good and bad.
for it has the potential to become either one. In other words, humanity originates from a highly exalted source and thus can reach a lofty status, chapter 3, verse 139. However, it also contains putrid mud, which can cause it to fall to the lowest rank, chapter 95, verse 5. Their reward is with their Lord, gardens of everlasting bliss, graced with rivers flowing below, where they will abide forever. God is well pleased with them, and they are well pleased with Him. This blessing is for those who stand in awe and fear of their Lord. In many instances, the Quran says that for them, lahum, there is a reward with their Lord. But in this particular verse, it states that their reward is already available from God, andarabbihim, as opposed to God making it incumbent upon himself to reward them at a later date. In the gardens of Eden, Jannat Adin, the word Eden refers to the source and reservoir of anything. In other words, it is as if garden is the source of greenery and freshness as opposed to just any garden. In fact, gardens of Eden is anything that creates and nurtures a heavenly atmosphere. The word Khalidin comes from a root that means to last long. However, it does not necessarily convey the idea of perpetuity. Although it is strengthened with the adjective abadan, for a long time, to emphasize for a long time and without a break, this construct does not necessarily denote infinite time. More importantly, the Quran promises true believers a far loftier reward than paradise the blessing of God's satisfaction with us and His pleasure with our conduct. This is repeated throughout the Quran. In reality, this blessing and reward is the pleasing smile that a lover receives from his beloved, which the poets assert is the lover's greatest possible reward. This is the true worship, the worship of those who are permeated by their love for God.